0: Thank you, Father, for this beautiful day that you have made. We are so grateful. We are grateful people. We don't take it for granted, God, that you have given us life to worship you, to glorify your name, to magnify your name, and so we exalt you, Lord, this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, speak, Lord. Speak your words. Encourage our hearts. Show us more of you, Lord. Come. Come, Holy Spirit, we invite you here. This is your people. We are your church. Come and edify it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before I begin to preach this morning, I just want to say something about my husband. (laughs) He's just amazing. You know, this week has been a little rough. Uh, Double chemotherapy, infusion on Monday, pills every day, and weakness in the body. And uh, watching someone you love go through something like this can be very disheartening. And very, you suffer with a person that suffers. But in the midst of the suffering, this man is like my rock. <laughs> and he is, he is amazing. He is just a, a, a loving husband. And I'm just so grateful for your life. And so I wanted to say that before I begin to preach. <laughs> and, and you know, even when we are in the middle of the furnace, and the enemy wants to heat it up seven more times... You know, God's grace is enough, and God's grace is sufficient for us. Well, the last couple of weeks I have been preaching on the pillars of what God wants to accomplish in his people, faith, freedom, healing. But today, today I get to preach about my favorite topic, the foundation of all these things, the pursuit of intimacy with God. And so I'm going to be reading the scripture. But before I do that, let me just tell you that it's something simple. The word of God tells us that we are to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And everything else shall be added unto us. So when we talk about the pursuit of intimacy with God, perhaps the first thing that comes to our minds is prayer. Prayer nourishes our soul. Prayer allows us to be connected to the power of God so that whatever is possible for him becomes accessible for us. Prayer, people say, changes things. But I would venture to say that actually prayer changes us and we change things. So this is the role of prayer. And I could speak so much about prayer because I love preaching about prayer. <laughs> and uh, and, and I, this morning God is, is showing me a very unique Aspect of what he wants to do in us and through us as I preach through prayer. You know, when I was um, a senior in high school, in high school, not in high school, in college at Olivet, I began to be drawn to intercession, to the life of prayer. And I didn't know much about it, but you know what? I didn't know how to pray. I wasn't born praying, you know? <laughs> you learn prayer by praying. And so I said, All right, I'm going to. Began to pray and so every day I I started and I prayed and I began to be drawn by the spirit of God and so I I wanted to read about prayer I wanted to read more about people who actually made a difference in the world because they prayed and they believed in the power of prayer so I read every biography I could find and uh, you know the interlibrary loan department at Olivet knew me well I had no money to buy books as an international student but I was sure resourceful And so I found all the books I could find, and I read the biographies of people like George Mueller, and Reese Howells, Watchman Nee, Amy Carmichael, Samuel Morris. Uh, Oh my goodness, you name it, I probably read it. And then I began to read all the Christian classics, all the spiritual classics. Um, The Imitation of Christ, The Pilgrim's Progress, A Testament of Devotion, The Hiding Place. So many of these rich Material that is available to us to really nourish our faith and to know what is possible for those who will take God at his word. And so God began to do a work in me. And, and uh, you know, it's not a secret. You learn intimacy with God in the secret place. All you have to do is approach him by faith. And he is right there to meet you. And your hunger begins to increase. And then you want to know more. And you want to see him more. And you want to meet him every day. It begins very small. And then it grows. Until all you want to do is just be in his presence. Basking in his presence. John Wesley said it like this. He says, God does nothing but by prayer. And everything with it. And he was right. If we only knew the power that comes through prayer, we would be praying more. If we truly believe that everything that moves the hands of God is through my prayer, then we would be jumping on the boat. But guess what? There are forces against us that don't want us to pray. The enemy knows that prayer is the only weapon that we have against him. So he will distract us. He will make us think that our prayers are not making any difference, not making no impact, nothing is changing. And so we will stop praying and give up. But no, it is prevailing prayer That brings about the answers that we're looking for. It is prevailing. I've been praying for my sister for 12 years. And it is prevailing prayer. Even when you see that it's going downhill, you keep praying because the answer is coming. God has promised it. And I'm going to take him by his word. And I'm going to prevail until I see the breakthrough with my eyes. Well, today I want to talk about a specific kind of prayer. And I'm going to read the scripture before I keep going. Because, you know, I get so excited when I preach about prayer that I forget about, you know, the scripture. So (laughs) I'm going to read the word. And this is what I want to talk about today. I just want to talk about the prayer of one prayer. About the one individual who will pray. About one praying church. About one praying body. So the scripture, you will see it on the screen, comes from Ezekiel chapter 22, starting with verse 23. Verse 23. This is what the word says, again, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to the land, you are a land that has not been cleansed or rained on in the day of wrath. There's a conspiracy of her princes within her, like a roaring lion tearing its prey. They devour people, take treasures and precious things, and make many widows within her. Her priests do violence to my law and profane my holy things. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean. And they shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbath, so that I am profane among them. Her officials within her are like wolves, staring their prey. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by false visions and lying divinations. They say, this is what the Lord says when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy and mistreat the foreigner, denying them justice. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. In this passage, we find a society in crisis. The society was a showcase of greed, violence. It was a general neglect to God's word, indifference to suffering. This passage depicts the total disintegration of society in every layer. The princes, prophets, priests, the people of the land, every layer of leadership is in complete disarray. Whenever such moral and spiritual Um, crisis have gripped nations, God has always looked for one individual who would stay in the gap between him and the land. And in this case, he found none. God's plan for reaching his people and for reaching the world and the nations around us is still the same if he were to find just one individual one church that would remain in the gap between him and the society around them god would come in and bless the people bless the land with his manifest presence healings freedom the the the, the um, reconciliation and salvation would be the order of the day in fact i don't say this lightly throughout history We have seen that this is exactly how God has worked. Let me tell you the story of some people who have taken God at his word, who have captured the vision of being that one that remains in the gap and who have made a difference in the world. You know, let's take the example, for example, of uh, D.L. Moody, who founded the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, around the corner. When D.L. Moody was just starting in his ministry, The preacher was preaching a very passionate message about prayer, and uh, he said this. He said, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man that will be completely yielded to him. And D.L. Moody said, I will be that man. And he became that man. It says some sources say that he preached, whether by word or pen, and he presented the message of salvation to over a hundred million individuals. He had no formal education, but he impacted two continents for the glory of God. Thousands of people came to Christ. Revival spread all because this man stayed in the gap. You know... I could tell so many stories, and I have chosen just a few. The second one is a a woman, Phoebe Palmer. You maybe perhaps have heard of her, a Methodist evangelist who learned the secret of the secret place. As a woman preacher in the 1800s, well, her word was taken with a little bit of suspicion and, you know, somewhat of a resistance. A woman preacher in the 1800s? But the Spirit of God was so evident and so prevalent upon her that soon she became one of the most influential women in her society that day. In fact, Phoebe and her sister began a prayer meeting on Tuesday afternoons that met with just a small group of people. But then all of a sudden, it became so successful that Christians from all denominations began to gather together to pray. And all of a sudden... Revival started in that small group and it spread, and 25,000 Americans came to know Christ because of those efforts. Because somebody stood in the gap praying. Now, when we talk about revival, you know, we often have this notion that it's just a bunch of emotional people crying out to God, praying on their knees, hung. It is not it is that they they sense that the spirit of God is so real, it moves them, it goes beyond their emotions, it goes down to their will, it translates into action. Phoebe Palmer said, You know, I feel the love so the love of God so much in my heart, I have to do something about it. And so she started the very first inner city mission in America in New York City, working with the homeless, working and caring for the orphans and it's it it translated into social action why because when the love of God is shed upon your heart you want to partner with him in what he wants to accomplish in the world it's not just about me and God and my intimacy with him no it's me getting the power I need being equipped so that now I can go out and spread the gospel to those who need it that is what the intimacy with God does it just equips you it gives you boldness It gives you everything you need for what God calls us to do. One of my favorite biographies is The Life of Reese Howells. What a man. If you ever want to read a biography that will change your life, read this one. Reese Howells was a man greatly used by God because he learned the importance of intercession. When this Holy Spirit gripped his heart, he left the mining industry and went to serve him by faith. He didn't have any money. But he said, God is calling me, I'm going to go. And and together with his wife, traveled to South Africa and began the mission there. He had been impacted by the Welsh revival in 1906. And having been impacted by the revival, he was revived. So once you revived, you want to spread the revival. And that's exactly what he did. He began to spread it. Prayer meetings were formed. Thousands of people came to know Christ in South Africa because of him. He began to spend so many hours in the day praying interceding before God that people that had tuberculosis, which back then they had no cure, were healed in the presence of God. And so he begins to to transform the society around him. Why? Because he took God at his word, and he paid the price. Now there's always a a price to pay, but the cost, the, the rewards, Far, far supersede the cost you will ever give, God, of time and resources. Because it is the most amazing thing you could ever experience. The manifest presence of God when he comes and changes you, transforms you, fills you up. That is what these people are showing it's possible even today. Oh, you might say, these are wonderful women and men of the faith back then. But today it's just a different world, isn't it? So much evil around us. How can we live by faith? Well, let me tell you a a contemporary example. I could have chosen so many, but the the last one that I've been reading is the life of Heidi Baker. And I don't know how many of you have heard of her, but she has written extensively on this topic. And, um, you know, they went to her, together with her husband, they went to serve in Mozambique in the 1990s. And all by faith, they, they went and began the work there And she received such a special anointing that um, not only has she seen people come to Christ, tens of thousands of people come to Christ, and not only did she plant 5,000 churches in the country of Mozambique, but she received such a special anointing of God that miracles started happening. The blind could see. The lame would begin to walk. This is happening today. And we say, oh, you know, these whole things about miracles. Miracles, it's it's God showing up. And I want a miracle. I don't know about you, but I want his miracle. I don't go after the miracle. I go after him. And if he sends it, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. (laughs) Because I need one. And this is exactly the pattern. You know, she not only started churches and and blessed the country with that, but she also started orphanages. And 7,000 children today are being blessed because of her faith and work in this country. One time, uh, uh, um, it was, th- there was an epidemic that broke in the country, and there was no cure, no medicine available. It was really devastating. And so, all, so many of those children were evacuated and ended up in the hospital. And she would go to the hospital and hold these kids who were dying. She was not afraid of getting the illness. She was just holding them and praying over every single one of them Praying, believing that God would heal and bring his spirit to renew and bring his spirit to heal because there was no cure, no, no, no option for them at that point. And she believed and she prayed and prayed and prayed and every single child got out of the hospital healed. A miracle. The president of Mozambique came to meet her because he said, you have something amazing that I want to know more about. The president. And this is a contemporary story. You can read more about it yourself. But you know, God is always looking for one. One church. Can you imagine the impact in this society if we caught on the vision of partnering with God and what he wants to accomplish through us? Everything is possible and everything begins in intimacy. Because everything flows out. Of intimacy and In- identity comes from intimacy boldness to witness comes from intimacy our equipping for ministry comes from intimacy our authority our power of our sin comes from intimacy we gotta stay connected to the source which is the spirit well I, you know, I often talk about prayer and people say, well, I've been praying and praying and praying and there must be something wrong with my prayer because I don't see results. Let me tell you something about praying, praying, praying and not seeing results. There might be two things that God is trying to work at, okay? And he wants you to keep praying, praying, praying. The first thing is that maybe he wants you to work on something that may be hindering your prayer. Maybe he wants to show you that there... You know, there's some forgiveness that you need to release. Maybe there's some old grudges that you need to let go of. Maybe there's something that is hindering and you got to let go and say, all right, God, free me up first. Free me up first because this is what Watchman Nee says. He says the quality of one's prayer is determined by the state of one's living. And our prayer and life must walk hand in hand. It's not just praying, praying, praying. It's praying and obeying it's seeking his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else is added to us one day i was um not long ago i wanted to iron shirts and you know i'm not good at ironing so if any of you like ironing please come to my house and uh, and iron for me because you know what i thought the dryer would take care of that but the dryer doesn't take care of like really bad wrinkles and so okay i'm ironing and ironing and all of a sudden i'm like well what's wrong with this iron it's like not working and so i'm ironing harder and harder and going and moving from one side to the other and all of a sudden i I say okay i'm so frustrated i'm going to buy a new iron you are not working iron for me and as i'm talking to the iron i looked at the wall and it wasn't plugged in and here i was trying to make the iron do its work all by itself and that's what happens with us we must be connected to the source We must be connected to him so much, so continually, every single day connected to the source for his power to flow. And when his power flows, then we have answers to our prayers. Jesus said it like this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be given you. We must abide and we must stay connected At other times, God doesn't answer prayers too quickly because he wants to test our faith. You know, he wants to test us how serious we are in our pursuit. And, you know, this week it was a test for me because I know God is going to heal my husband. But if I had looked at the winds, boy, they were pretty strong this week. Weakness in his arm, his hand started to like not being able to move. And here I have a promise of God, but if I look at the winds, I go down. And I say, Lord, I'm going to stay focused on you. And he gave me a phrase. He said, don't look at the winds. Look at my wings. In my wings, under my wings you find refuge. It is in the wings that you find strength to go on every day. And that is what, where we find our strength. It's in him. You know, it's easy to preach about faith. It's easy to tell you stories about people who have walked the path of faith, until God begins to deal with you. About four months ago, God began to deal with me. <laughs> and uh, he began to impress me to go deeper in the life of intercession. And at uh, the time, I, I needed to sign my contract uh, in saying that I was going to teach next year at Olivet. And now uh, for some reason, I could not make myself sign it. And God began to impress me, impress me, impress me. And I said, all right, Lord, if this is you, I don't want this to be me because I believe so much in the power of prayer. I I would do anything, but I want to make sure it's you. I took it to the Lord for three months. And I said, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast every week until you tell me if this is really what you want me to do. At the end of three months, I found myself arguing with God. I said, Lord, I know that you want me to go deeper in the life of prayer. And I've been asking you to take me deeper in the life of faith. But Lord... I kind of like my financial security, and I love my job. So why can't I do both? Silence. Nothing. Can you believe he gave me the silence treatment? (sighs) God. All right, God. Okay. So, you know, one day I came to the altar, and I just lay down on the altar. Just lay down on the floor, actually. (laughs) Lay down on the floor, and I settled the, the matter in my will. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to jump all in. Because you know what? It's easy to talk about faith until God is like, how much are you going to trust me with this one? Okay, I'm going to trust you with this one because you know what? Faith is all there is. And faith requires obedience. So when I move, guess what? It's your turn to move. You see? God never moves out of his turn. He moves in you and then waits for you to move. And when you move, it's his turn to move. He waited on me. Now I'm waiting on him. Do you think he's going to leave me? Do you think he's going to leave you? Do you think he's going to leave us? Absolutely not. His purposes are higher. His plans are higher. His thoughts are wider. And he is going to come in in a big way. And I'm just waiting, waiting for him. You know, the difficult aspect about walking by faith the difficult aspect is that you don't know what's coming next. But the wonderful thing about walking by faith is that regardless of what comes next, you know who's coming with you. And that makes all the difference. So I'm holding on to him and he presses and I follow. And you know what? I went and I talked to my employers and I said, listen, I explained my dilemma to them. God is pressing me. God is pressing me. And uh, I love my job. And you know, I, I, this is, this is what God is saying. And my employers were so gracious and they were so, so understanding. Dr. Bowling and Dr. Quanstrom both, they came and, and they gave me a medical leave for a year and they held my position until I'm ready to return. God always has his ways, and I'm going to trust him because if I preach on faith, well, I better live it. (laughs) And if I know it to be true, then I'm going to want to experience more of that. Now, you know, I have said this before, and I'm going to say it again because I truly believe it. It is prevailing prayer. It is prevailing prayer. That brings about the answer. And I'm going to prevail until I see the answer. And he wants you to do the exact same. I don't know. I don't know when my husband's healing will come. I don't know when my sister's healing will come. I don't decide when. I don't decide how. That's his job. But I decide whether it will or it won't. (laughs) And I'm going to partner with him so that it does happen. In fact, I, would, I hesitated whether to share this or not, but I feel that God is, is asking me to share it, so I'm going to. And um, after Andrew's surgery, I uh, began a, a period of fasting. I said, okay, I'm going to fast, and, and I couldn't fast too long because I would disappear if I fasted too long. <laughs> so I fasted for three days. That's all I, my body could take. And then every single night, God would wake me up in the middle of the night, 4 a.m., to get up and pray. And the second night, God gave me a vision. That had never happened to me before, but I will never forget it. And in this vision, there's a big boat. It's a a warship. And he's showing me this, this boat. And in this boat, it's traveling on very rough waters. And I go up. I see myself, and I go up, and the waves are raging and raging and raging. And I'm jumping up and down and kind of like speaking other the waves, kind of like what I do when I pray. <laughs> I'm going back down and attending to my husband who's there lying flat on the boat. There's nobody else in the boat except us. And there's no water coming in the boat, so that's a good thing. And so I'm noticing all those things. And then all of a sudden he shows me the motor of the boat. And he says to me, he says, these are the prayers of the people pushing you through. And then all of a sudden, I see myself going back up and speaking to those waves and coming back down and attending to my husband. And all of a sudden, we arrive at the shore, and the sun shines. And Andrew gets up, and I get up, and we walk out. And then I see God shows me what he wants to do next, and that's, that's beside the point. And so <laughs> I'm going to stop there. But it is his promise. It is his confirmation. And I'm going to take him on his word because he wants to do something new. He wants to begin to refine our faith. You know, you might say, well, if God gave me a vision, then I would also have faith. No, let me tell you something. It takes as much faith to believe that what he's showing you is real as it is to believe in his written word. That's all there is. Faith and prayer. That's all it takes. So I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to partner with him. And this is what he wants to know. Kengeki first. He wants to know if you are willing to partner with him as well. He wants to do amazing things in this county. He wants thousands of people to be saved. He wants marriages restored. He wants broken families to find hope. He wants those who are mentally ill to have the mind of Christ. He wants those who are sick, who are dying, to be restored and to be healed. He wants those people that are completely desperate and lost in depression To find hope and healing in their minds. And do you know how we are going to bring this about? We cannot do it on our own. (laughs) It's only by the grace of God. It's only when his spirit moves in the house. And I want to partner with him in that. Do you? You know what? You may say, I'm not ready for that. I, I don't know if I can. I don't even know how to pray. He's not looking for experts and heroes. All he's looking for is a willing heart. If you're willing to do what you are not equipped to do he will equip you all he wants is for you to say yes lord i don't know what comes next but yes god i don't know how i'm gonna do it but yes lord he wants you to be the one that remains in the gap that continues to seek his face that continues to be so completely overwhelmed by his love and grace that the result is now that it flows it flows it flows out of you so kankakee first church This is his challenge for you today. If you want to be the one, if you want to be among those who say, I will take that challenge, I will be the one that stays in the gap, that continues to partner with God in what he wants to accomplish in this county, to continue to partner with him in what he wants to do in my life and in my family's life and in this church's life, then I'm just going to ask you to stand up, to stand by faith, and to say, I will be the one I will be among those who partner with him, who come, you know, to prayer meeting, to seek out his face, to cry out for him for a healing, for, for whatever it is that you need and other people need. If you are really, oh, oh Lord Jesus, I'm just going to pray a special blessing upon all of us because I think the Lord is about to do something that even if our eyes <laughs> could see it, we would not even, it, it would not be, it, it would be impossible to imagine oh lord jesus thank you god thank you father that you are preparing your people that you father god are helping us lord to take our post oh god that you're helping us oh god to walk by faith and not by sight to trust in you alone to know that your word is enough for father come oh god come holy spirit and bless us lord bless us father with your presence god Come, Father. Come, Lord. We praise your holy name. We praise you that you're here. We praise you that you already hear our prayers. We praise you for Pastor Andrew's healing, Lord. We thank you, God, that it's coming. We thank you, Lord, that you are setting my sister free, oh God. We thank you, Father God, that you are setting us free, O oh Lord. That you're breaking our chains, oh God. And that in your presence, oh Lord, there's absolutely nothing impossible, Lord. For you are here with us, Lord. And you will never leave us, nor forsake us. So come, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. Bless us, Lord. We receive your gifts. We receive your presence. We receive you, Father God. And we praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Amen. In Jesus' name.